Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Well, welcome back to the show. Today, our guest is David Smith. He is the founder and principal of Inflow Analysis. Hi, David. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Hey, man, it's great to have you on the show. You were part of our big Digital Workplace Day celebration. We were happy to have you on there. And so we wanted to bring you on the show to introduce you more to guests and other people that are out there listening to the show. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what your background is. So as you mentioned, I'm David Smith. My background, I started my analyst career actually at Gartner, you know, covering, of all things, email. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yes, imagine that. You Lotus Notes even at one point. Yeah, Eesh. man. Dated myself a little bit. And, you know, but, but sort of, and then ventured into covering broader collaboration topics, such as, you know, collaboration, communications, uh, UC, you know, venturing into UCC. And then the epiphany for me while at Gartner was I would go on these, you know, sort of, uh, you know, business strategy calls or business strategy days with different clients and vendors and so forth. And in the room would always be sort of lines of business folks, marketing people. And while I could geek out on the technology, their issues weren't about the technology per se, but how it enabled, you know, them to get their jobs done. And so I began to venture more into, okay, what's the application then of technology into Pacific business processes? You know, so whether that be sales, you know, marketing, HR, or, or what have you, how can technology be brought to bear, collaboration, communication be brought to bear to help people get the jobs done and to help them, you know, sort of uh, uh, work better as, as teams. So let's walk back. We're not going to drop the email conversation too quickly. <laughs> so tell me now, I mean, we're, we're talking in 2020. What's your take on email? Like, is it something that the companies, is there a very specific use case they should just use it for? Or is it is it still used as widely as it should be or, or too widely? What's your take? Yeah, you know, so I think, you know, email was sort of made too much of a thing. Or so it was made too much of a thing when people started bashing it. But I think it's just asynchronous messaging. Right. Um, it got abused, right? Because when people started adding things like attachments, trying to transfer content and so forth, it, it got abused. But the, the simple form of email in terms of asynchronous messaging is great. It's, it's what we have now in some of our chat solutions. It's, it's asynchronous messaging. And so that part is good. I think it's how do you begin to bring that type of messaging into context. And so how do you sort of, you know, bring, make it contextual for the most part. So I think email does get a bad rap, but it, it, it's the nature of it was good. It, it just got abused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's almost like it became too feature rich. There were like too many things you could do with it. Exactly. But you know, the lesson from email and which is what I think collaboration vendors have to learn today is that I can email anyone, no matter what system you're on. And so the longstanding issue with collaboration has always been interoperability. And, and, and I think you know, that's that's still glimpse. So email figured it out. So that's the one. Email figured out interoperability. And we're still working towards that. <laughs> Do you think that's where, like, let's just take Slack, for example. We can pick on them for a while. Is that where you think there's an option for them to move to make it to where you could really send a Slack message to anyone? Yeah. And, and so, exactly. So, you know, the, the, thing, the problem today, you know, I, I call it sort of uh, this archipelago of, you know, different collaboration systems. There are these but these islands of collaboration, right? And never the twain shall meet. So the idea and the promise was that with the cloud, we could sort of, you know, democratize them and sort of, you know, have interoperability, but that never materialized, right? So you have vendors, people like, not sure if you've heard of Nextplane, right? You know, people like Mio, MIO, you know, who are sort of trying to serve as a bridging service to bridge these disconnected islands together. And so there's some hope there, but, you know, when the, you have 
proprietary vendors, you know, who are just promoting their own platform and ecosystem, it does become difficult. So we have to sort of depend on these third-party bridging services like Nextlink and, and Mio to sort of, you know, bridge bridge the gap a little bit. But yeah, that's still something that we need to solve, interoperability. And then adjacent to that is the whole area of integration, because if you want to have contextual collaboration where those particular tools can then, you know, um, integrate into your business process, whether that be a CRM, you know, application, your, your back office stuff or whatever, your your HR system, that's going to be key. So, you know, back in the day, that was hard. We'd have, you know, like a, like a collaborate system and then you have your, you know, sort of on-premises SAP system, you know, those never the twain shall meet. So we are seeing some promise now with, with, with cloud-based systems that can sort of easier interoperate. Cool. As someone who's been in this world for a long time, like I said, we're 2020 right now. Where do you feel like we are in terms of if the story of collaboration at work were like a, you know, a three act play, where are we right now? Like, did, did we just finish act one or are we moving into the final act or what kind of metaphor can you give us to help us think about where we've come since this digital age started with, you know, with email or precursors to that? Well, I think the we are in the act where the audience <laughs> is not a part of the actual show because what's happening yeah, 2020 through a monkey wrench, right? So, you know, the actors are on stage, they're going through their thing and then they're throwing a monkey wrench from the audience. They're hecklers <laughs> right now. And, and, and what's happened is that, you know, what we thought was collaboration, right? What we thought was, you know, you know, we, I have my, you know, we, we've decided on Microsoft Teams, we've decided on, you know, WebEx Teams from Cisco, you know, we've decided on, you know, Google, uh, G Suite and so forth. All those things were sort of top-down decisions. And what we're seeing, especially with cloud, right, and the whole concept of, you know, consumerization of IT or shadow IT or, or what have you, is that people want to use what they want to use to help them get their jobs done. You look at Slack, right, you know, it was, you had a marketing team and events team that's putting on an event and they had to talk with a bunch of different people in that event ecosystem and their internal collaboration system just didn't work. So they went to Slack, right? And, and so we saw that was, it was, it was the, 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 the um the out of the norm the, the the people that were not a part of the play so to speak or you thought one part of the play, but were actually part of the play because one of the things that happened with enterprise collaboration we focused so much on internal collaboration that we forgot one of the most important parts of collaboration is external because that ecosystem goes beyond the four walls of the organization so i think that's where we are now where teams are expanding because your internal team may be collaborating with external teams that's a part of that team that's bringing value to the organization so how do you you know Put prioritize that collaboration interaction as well. Yeah, uh, you've used the term often called uh, contextual collaboration. Why don't you go deeper into that for people who aren't as familiar with it? Yeah, sure. You know, so contextual collaboration is that every business process within an organization is is is, is made up of different interactions, different collaborative interactions. You know, some are asynchronous, some in real time, and so I've always said that. Companies need to look at collaboration technology from the uh, perspective of solutions, where it's it's not just about getting you know a, a chat solution or Slack or, or WebEx Teams or, or, or Microsoft Teams or or, or a Google Hangouts or Google Meet. It's it's actually looking at the overall ecosystem, the overall solution. What are you trying to do, right? So look at it from the solution perspective. Like you need a recruiting solution. What does that entail? You need a, 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 a team collaboration solution. What does that actually entail? And that may entail that that 
every specific piece of that solution may be different technologies, maybe from different vendors, but they all have to work together contextually and they all have to support the content that's going to be created via those interactions and also, you know what I'm saying, and also being shared within those interactions as well too. So the contextual piece of it has to be like every piece, every interaction, every people within that interaction, every piece of content that's shared or created has to be intertwined and, and, and embedded within that interaction as well too. So where do you fall on like a best of breed versus like a one-stop solution platform that you can build everything off of? Yeah. So from the, the perspective of the organization, they have to, they need to look at solutions. Now that solution, right. That solution may include some best of breed and, and, and some sweep because not every vendor does everything. And so the, 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 the fallacy is that you have to sort of settle on, on one vendor. Not so, you know, the, the, the only thing that you need to do is make sure that you have an internal framework uh, infrastructure that's focused on solutions, but it's also focused on interoperability and integration. And so only invest in vendors that can be brought into bear and play nicely with everything else you have, right? So look at those. So I always say when you're valuing vendors, check out their, either their, API, their API game, their integration game. If they can't fit in with what you're doing, then you have to sort of look away to someone else. So solution mindset and only invest technologies that can actually plug and play and help you and support your business processes and, and your people. Good. All right, man. We want to really focus this discussion on collaboration teams because a lot of times, like you said, we, we can think of collaboration as, hey, that, that's technology, that's software we're talking about. But really, we're, we're talking about people and how they interact together. So where do you see the biggest struggles right now that actual human beings are having on teams when they're trying to collaborate? Like, where should the focus be of, of a leader, a CEO who's trying to, to give their teams the best tools? What should they be focused on? Yeah, I think at the heart of it, you know, is that sort of that culture of collaboration, you know, because if the culture is not collaborative, you know, tools aren't going to make it that way, right? <laughs> you know, there has to be this sort of uh, uh, sponsorship from senior management, of course, but also a grassroots uh, uh, trust and, and nature to collaborate. So I think, you know, incentives for collaborating, incentives for, for teamwork is going to be great and, and, and it's going to be key. And also, to promote, you know, voices who, who are not always loud, you know, seeking out uh, uh, input, you know, from, from people across the team, you know, uh, diversity of thought, you know, multicultural thought and so forth. So it, it, it's sort of creating uh, 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 an environment and a culture where people feel that they can contribute and that they can be collaborative. So that, that's at the heart. And, and that goes into org behavior and, and, you know, and some other stuff that's, as you we're alluding to beyond just the technology stuff. It's you have to focus on the people. Well, when you look at a team or when you're interacting with people, what a telltale sign that these people or this team has some some collaboration issues that go deeper than practices, than rules, than tools. It's a culture thing. Like, how do you know if your team is a little bit dysfunctional in this way? Oh my God, it's it, it, it goes back to grade school, middle school, and high school. The clicks and silos, right? <laughs> when you start seeing those, right, you know, and, and, and people not want you to eat at the cool folks' lunch table, right? Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's those sort of interpersonal, those issues, right, you know, where people are siloing, where goals and objectives aren't aligned. And if goals and objectives are aligned, then we're not all on the same page. And, and, and usually at, at the heart of that is, is, is trust issues. Right, you know, because you won't collaborate with someone that you don't trust, or you won't meaningfully collaborate if you don't trust them. So again, that's where that that culture piece comes in. How do you sort of create that culture where people are willing to share 
for the common goal, right? And so that goes to, you know, always focusing on employee experience, engagement, you know, how, how, is, how is the employee experiencing the workplace, right? It's, it's not just about your experience. It's the same thing with customer experience, right? It's a lot of companies, you know, we, we're focused on the customer experience, but they're talking about their experience, not about the customer's experience. And so the same thing with employee experience. And what I found is that internal people's experience reflect the customer's experience. And so they both go, go hand in hand. So dysfunctional teams, you'll find dysfunctional customers externally as well too, or dysfunctional relationships with, with customers. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the tools out there almost when you're able just to create a private group, a quick chat group or something like that with everyone else that can promote a lot of bonding, can promote a lot of, you know, feeling like you belong in a certain place. But it can also come at the exclusion of other people on the team. So how can people do that in, in a good way? You talk about employee experience, but of course it's employee experiences. Like everyone's got a unique thing that they got to deal yeah. with. So, so how can you be both open and create a sense of, hey, this is our team. We're tight. We're together. Like what, what's a good balance for that? Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's, gosh, you know, it, it's how do you make it comfortable for everyone to feel like they can contribute? And that they're welcome to contribute, right? And 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 that goes at the heart of you know we're dealing with a lot of issues today, right? You know we've we sort of been hit with a couple of different pandemics, right? There's the you know the the COVID pandemic, and then there's the whole racial inequities and, and social justice pandemic that we're hit with. That we're it, it's not that they weren't there before; it's just now being exposed, you know, with with people, you know, being at disadvantage of oh gosh, healthcare with COVID and 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 just overall in their communities. Gosh, I remember talking to people just at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, who were so ashamed of their work environment now that they have to work from home and they didn't want to get on video because they didn't think they had a professional environment. You know, the dogs are barking, the kids are walking. And it's like, you know, my my initial reaction was like, it's okay. This is life. The dog's going to bark. The kids are going to cry or be loud. This is life. And I think there was this sort of universal consensus that it's all right. You know, it, it's okay if you don't have this, you know, super TV studio background for your Zoom call or whatever. It, it's okay, like, you know. And I think it, it's that sort of how do you, as an organization, make people feel that it's okay, right? And make it feel that their voice matters. You know, that their experience, you know, from their diverse multicultural background, ethnic or whatever, it matters, right? You know, the how does that sort of black woman feel that you know her voice matters? How does the black guy feel that his his voice matters you know the the, the asian person and so it, it, it's sort of looking at your overall work environment your culture and realizing that there are these differences of thought diversity of backgrounds and they're all valuable because if brought to the table in a coherent collaborative way they're going to enhance the company and so i i think companies are starting to look at that and, and kind of see that more but i want us to move beyond just you know the black lives matter statements you know the you know the racial justice statements and actually put the stuff into practice and in action and, and that's where i see we we went from talking about it and putting up these statements on twitter and, and linkedin and so forth and now i want to see those sort of like step-by-step guidelines where they're actually going to be really committed to it in practice you know how do you begin to fix that pay equity i saw one one stat was some infographic or some statement that someone said, yeah, you know, we're going to, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, have, you know, equal pay with them and I forget in like 10 years. Or so. I mean, just, it's like, what's the immediate urgency, right? <laughs> yeah, and, you know. Yeah. I know a lot of times these discussions, we look at large institutions, large enterprises that are putting up banners about this, but what about a small company, a hundred people that are there? 
they have people of diversity that they've brought in and that are key to the success of the company. They're in essential roles that are there. What kind of infrastructure needs to be in place from a collaboration viewpoint that, especially if it's a digital environment, let, let's say it's a totally distributed team where there's no one's going to come up and tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, can I talk to you about this for a second? What are the ways that leaders can make sure that their companies are open environments where it's okay to voice those concerns and leaders know that they're going to get the honest feedback that they need in those situations? Yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of companies, they are just not good at it. Um, the, 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 I mean, it, you know, and one, one, one of the things that we that's been exposed is that you're not good at you're not good at this. So you, I think a lot of companies will need external help, <laughs> you know, um, to, to, to really sit down and be like, okay, I don't know what to do. And how do we, you know, because again, we've gone years and decades of the same thing. So I don't expect you to be, oh, you know, overnight, we're, we're, we're going to fix this. No, you have to begin to understand people's background, understand bias, uh, implicit bias, right? Um, unconscious bias that's prevalent within every company and every organization, small teams, you know, to, to large teams, right? Small organizations to, to larger days. How do you begin to now offer some training where it's not just about, you know, learning, you know, learning some, you know, some, some five-step program, it's understanding people. So I think the understanding piece is going to be key. And so that there needs to be a, a, a series of training in every organization to begin to understand the different members of, of the organization and, and, and their backgrounds, right? Understanding your bias and, and, and unconscious bias, implicit bias, and how that's impacting, you know, your, um, how you work, right? And how you hire, how you pay, and, and, and what have you, if that made sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's your view on transparency, working in public, like putting as much information out there as possible for, for people to see who are part of that? Like, one, like how much, I mean, everyone agrees to that to some extent, but like how far would you take that? Uh, with a company that that wants to be wants to move forward, how much should they be sharing about? Hey, here's all of our strategy discussions. Here's all of our spreadsheets that you have access to. Like, where should that be in terms of accessibility to all the employees? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and funny, it's a, it's a conversation that I've just started to have with some HR leaders, um, and and, and business leaders because it's it's like how you know we say we're going to do this. You know, we're going to you know be be more open, and we're going to you know um include, you know, a bias training and, and, and all this stuff. But how do you begin to show some accountability? What's, you know, what's your sort of measurable outcomes, right? How, how do you measure success? What does success actually look like, <laughs> right? And I think, I think to your point, and I think what, what you alluded to, that needs to be shared. I think the success, the progress needs to be shared. You know, what's, you know, what's the last year's numbers in terms of, you know, pay equality versus this, right? It, it, it's how do you show forth this? Is not just the statements, but that's measurable. Let's measure the outcomes and make it a KPI. <laughs> no, it's great. I think this is definitely good advice on where we should go in the future, how we can get there. Let's zoom out again and just look at teams that are there when, when it comes to collaborating, especially if they're not in the same location. What is the kind of metric that you feel like is good for teams to, to judge how good their communication is? Like, it, we don't really have a, a good standard metric to say, hey, we, we all get a, a 10 out of 10 on this. What are some of the ways you would suggest people say, yeah, if you're doing these things, you're good. Otherwise, maybe you're going to get a lower score on these. What are those metrics you would rely on? Yeah, again, yeah, I think it goes back to, okay, what are the objectives, right? The, 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 the goals that we're collaborating on. And then it, it, it gets back to my last point as well, too, about sort of KPIs and, and measuring. Because if you have, you know, aligned objectives, success will be the completion, right? And 
and, and the success of those objectives. And, and those have to be measured, but those are measured outcomes. You know, whatever the initiative is, the, the team initiative is, those things have to be measured. So success is going to be, okay, we accomplished this, right? But we accomplished it with everyone's input, right? Everyone's contributing, and this is the end result. And then those, those results have to sort of be weighed against, okay, how did that impact the actual organization as a culture, how to impact customers as well too, directly or or indirectly. And so that's how you begin to measure that stuff. And you know, and obviously it, it's frequent testing for pulse. Frequent testing for pulse because a lot of times people are involved in initiatives, you know, and they're not happy about it. So how do you sort of test for, you know, how employees are experiencing being on the team, right? Or are they being heard? So while you're in sort of an initiative or some sort of collaborative interaction process, keep testing for if people are feeling valued. Is their input valued, right? Are they contributing and so forth? So as you're going through the initiative, test for that, but also at the end result, test for the success if that goal or initiative has has, has achieved its, its, its intended purpose. David, I'm just I'm dreaming here and imagining so You tell me if this is even realistic, but I'm wondering if there'd be a way to even kind of put together some kind of analysis on a team's collaboration. So you could, you could analyze what percentage or how, what the volume of communication is, like how many messages they're trading back and forth. What's the difference in media? What's the blend of textual versus audio versus video uh, that's there? What's the share of voice? Like who's talking the most, who's talking the least? Do you see a world coming soon where we can have those kind of analytics at our fingertips and we can say, hey, this is what's kind of a healthy range for a team and, and you're off to this side and these are some things you can work, you can work on? Yeah, yeah. I think you know, we're starting to see some of that you know, now where we can begin to you know, look at, I mean, just from a, a, a tech standpoint, you, you, you can look at traffic and, and, and medium and so forth. But I think more so than just that per se, it's, it's how you take that and then follow the effects, Right. One of the things that people always, oh gosh, one of my questions, even back from my garden days, one of the questions you always says, how do you, you sort of, you know, um, measure the success, right? And, and, and productivity, it's hard, right? With, with collaboration and, 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 and when it's more team-based stuff, because you can't just say that's it. For, for something like real-time collaboration, like meetings, you know, Zoom call, yes, I can say, you know, I, I didn't travel to X, Y, and Z, but did virtual, so that saved us, you know, blah, 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 blah. You can, you can, so that's easy. But when it gets to some of the more sort of people issues and, 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 and team interaction with people that's sort of harder, softer, right, our goals, is following the effects of those collaborations. And again, it gets back to what were the intended uh, purposes, goals, objectives, and were those met? And how do you measure us meeting those, those goals? Yeah. And I feel like that's a tricky thing to do even at the end if you're evaluating a project and you did or did not meet the objectives like how many times do people come back and say, well, we didn't meet it because we didn't collaborate well? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good, man. This has been a fascinating discussion. I love jumping into this. How would you like to leave people in terms of like, if everyone could take one giant step forward in their collaboration mindset and their teams, what would you encourage them to do today? Yeah, it's just, you know, do a, one, a self-assessment of yourself. I spoke with an HR leader uh, the other day and, you know, she, they in their company, well-known company, won't say the name, you know, but they had a, a bias training, right, for, for managers, you know, and, you know, around, so been going on all day, around three o'clock that day, and one of the last sessions, you know, this manager comes to my, 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 my friend was like, you know, I don't see, it's like, I just don't, I just don't see color, you know, like, like I don't see color. 
And I'm like, were you in the training all day? Like, <laughs> the whole point of, of the training was that it, it, you know, and he, he was he was honestly saying that he's colorblind, man. He was honestly yeah, saying yeah, that. exactly right, dog whistle. But you know, so it's, you know but it's, it's it's doing the honest assessment of yourself and realizing that we can all learn, you know, to be better. We can all learn from each other, and I think that's what that 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 will help collaboration when you realize that what someone has to say is important. You know, um, I gave a talk recently and, um, you know, talking about my experience as a, a, a black American guy and, you know, being in meetings sometimes like when I was a more, more of a junior analyst, you know, and I'd make, you know, a, a comment or a suggestion or make a point and it just gets looked over and no one pays attention. Then, you know, Brad or, you know, Todd makes the same point. Oh, great idea, Brad. Great idea, Todd. I'm just like, I just said that. And the amount of women that came up to me after that talk was like, oh, my God, that's such a thing that happens to us all the time. <laughs> you, know? you know, but again, it's valuing people down their input. That'll make collaboration a lot more easy and fun because when you sort of value people and their input, right, you want to want to talk to them. You're going to want to share with them and then together build something and have more uh, successful outcomes from, from a collaboration perspective. Yeah. That's really encouraging. I feel like from a leadership perspective, like if you don't have a way to listen to the diverse voices on your team, even as on something as in your face right now and, and yeah. very prevalent as, as race, then what else are you missing? Like if you can't even hear people out on those topics, then like yeah. you, you got deep problems and that are probably affecting so many other parts of your business too. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all connected. It's all interconnected. <laughs> Good. David, tell us where people can go to learn more about you, your work. Yeah, so um, definitely inflowanalysis.com. And funny, in the name, in that name, that's my website, but it's, it's my long running mantra that technology has to come in flow, into the flow of how people actually work to give any benefit. Great. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for being a part of our community, being on our show and the events we're doing. We, we really appreciate you and look forward to learning more from you in the future. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you are. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.